and welcome to Shakespeare, the official Lion Face Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we talk about one of the Bard's most troubling plays, The Merchant of Venice. If you live in Northwest Ohio and would like to get involved with our organization, be it to act, direct, or anything else theater-related, please reach out to us at facebook.com slash lionfaceproductions. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Shakespeare and at ShakespearePod on Twitter. And now, on with the show. Not at the end, because they, like, touch almost right here. Yeah, no. I wanted to not see the bottom. Like, I like glasses this shape. I think that is a very attractive shape on your face, by the way. Your glasses look lovely. Yours, too. Yours, too. I like that shape. You guys all have vaguely the same shape glasses. But I didn't want to see the bottom, the bottom anymore, because I've worn those thick frame glasses for so long. My God, I can't see it. That's great. But now, like, I can't rub my eyes, which is good for my eyeliner. All I've been doing this week is rubbing my eyes, but that's well, because... Well, it's because you're sweepy. Well, seven, seven days straight, you know... Are you going to get ten, some relief Ten to twelve to... Well, they're hiring some new, some new people to help with the inventory portion of things at work and stuff like that. Theoretically, they'll hire us an operations manager, so it's literally not just, you know, me and the other the other guy that's there, field service manager-wise, you know. Though, you know, maybe eventually I'll stop feeling like a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. You don't win in that kind of way. <laughs> so, I'm really excited to talk about a couple of things, but one of my favorites is that this play starts out with one of my favorite Shakespeare words. Sooth. Sooth. I just, sooth. I just remember taking one of my Shakespeare classes in college, and I think it was Shakespeare in performance with Lisa Lockbird. She doesn't like it. She likes me. (laughs) That doesn't work for her. She can't use that one. Oh, yeah, Lisa loves me. We've had conversations. I actually don't know Lisa Lockbird, so I don't know if she likes (laughs) me or not. That's just the warm-up. But uh, I remember we watched some kind of, somebody's Shakespeare master class that they filmed with these, you know, big name actors, and I think it was Patrick Stewart used this opening line in sooth as an example of capturing cadence because it fits really easily the da 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 in sooth. I know not why I am so sad, but it was just Patrick Stewart like giving you a lesson on how to Patrick Stewart teaching you how to appropriately speak Shakespeare. Exactly, and I was sitting in class going, "Yes, more of this, please, more." <laughs> so that's always what's connected to this first line for me. Can you do a Patrick Stewart impersonation? No, I cannot. <laughs> and we all thank God for that. Okay, because we don't need Cassie getting all. Yeah, I think we're I think we're all better off for this. <laughs> I think I'm this like is... weirded out by the thought that he might be able to, and that that's their bedroom play. I'm more skewed out by that than the guy who breathed on my neck. Okay, again. guys, I literally Sorry. just recommended like four of my students to wa- to listen to this podcast, so if we can steer the conversation <laughs> in another direction. And Beth, also, don't kink shame Cassie. And I'm sorry about that. Tara Thomas, please keep listening. <laughs> I promise we're going to get off this topic very soon. Nope, going to bring it back every chance I get. Because nothing's better than the face she makes when I talk about her sex life. Well, she is a grown-ass woman. Who's She's married. married. Yeah. yeah, that's when you're allowed to do it. You shouldn't Speaking be- of marriage. 
one of the biggest plot points of this play it's, is a marriage. It's two marriages. Yes. Hey, speaking of play, what play are we talking about? I don't know. What play are we talking about? Oh, uh, we're talking about Wait, the... Wait, full title. The Comical History of the Merchant of Venice, or otherwise called the Jew of Venice. Yeah, we usually only use the Merchant of Venice part of that. Yeah. yeah. We will be talking about the anti-Semitic... Yes, we will. Hey, well, it is, I don't it even want to call... Like, can we even call it a theme of this it, play? It's the bulk of the play is anti-Semitism. And we would be the Shakespeare podcast. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenley. I'm Chase Greenley. And we are here to dive into... In sooth, we are here to dive. In sooth, in sooth, we are here to dive into The Merchant of Venice. Yay. A somewhat problematic play somewhat? of William Shakespeare's. Uh, where, where nothing really happens until it does, and then it's not even, like, there's a whole lot of talk with no action. I feel like this is one of those canonical plays that everybody wants to talk about, or do, or put up, um... And I always thought in my mind, I'm like, I like The Merchant of Venice. It's, it's interesting. Shylock is an interesting character. And then going back to do a, like a really in-depth reading of it, maybe Al Pacino was just better? <laughs> in, in it, the- it, is, it is a play that is definitely... Um, it's better watched than read. Better, yeah. One, way better watched than read. And two, you need a good Shylock. You need a good Shylock. And I feel like you seeing good- it performed and having it directed, the play is able to make commentary on itself about the anti-Semitic overtones and curb that a little bit more than you can do just reading it on yeah. Right. And, and, and what we, when we're talking about anti-Semitic overtones, they're definitely ooh, overtones. Yeah. Tones. There are no undertones. In fact, I, so one of the things that I did while before I started actually reading this, because we decided we were going to read this play a month ago. Mm-hmm. Feels like more than a month ago. It feels like it's been a while since we've done this. It but might be. It might be two months. It might have been two months we decided to do this. But I um, pulled up a podcast. It was somebody, a Levervox reading of the um, Mary Lamb mm-hmm. uh, rendition of it. And instead of starting out the way the play starts out, it just starts out with, they're Shylock, dude. He's a Jew in Venice, and no one likes him because he lends money for money. And my only thought was, you know what? Although I'm not Jewish, I lend money for yeah, money. That's, that's my job. That's fifty percent of this table's uh, a very big focus of our profession. Yeah, all I do is lend money for money. Um, so it, it like y- you get slapped in the face. You do. With this. And, yeah, we will definitely be getting into that next episode. Especially. For sure. Yeah. And, and that's that's why with this one, you to, to put it on in a modern context, you have to have a strong director who is mm-hmm. going to make the choices that need to be made, and you need to have a very strong Shylock. Yeah. And you, you know... Another book that I'm reading used a phrase that I think applies to this when you're directing. You have to be able to give voices to those who have to struggle for the same respect that everybody else gets automatically. Mm-hmm. So when we're going through this, there is going to be a lot of things that are negative about um, the Jewish tribe. And 
So I think it's good that we start off just at yeah, no, like, start off saying that we're aware of it. We are aware of it. We're going to talk about it in episode two of this a lot more, which is actually episode what? What episode are we on now? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I think we're. He started I, drinking I, before I, we I, even I got we're, here. I did. I'm going. I on believe the, we're recording 21 and 22. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going on hour three or four of uh, recording tonight. Um, well, that's your fault. It is. So. Uh, shameless plug then. Uh, Chase is involved with a podcast that I listen to. He's involved with seven. Seven podcasts. I know, but at least seven. one that I listen to. And does involve people who have acted and directed yeah. for Lion Face true. in the past. Very true. Um, Griffin, Zach, and Ryan have all been involved with Lion Face Productions. Absolutely. And they do a podcast, which is an actual play podcast called Another Path. Some of them were involved with our production of Merchant of Venice. Oh. Yes, when we did Merchant of Venice, I believe, yeah. When did we do Merchant of Venice? Uh, Lionface did Merchant of Venice three years ago. Oh, when between we were in time. When we were in between guys, our time. Yep, yeah. I love that phrase. That's great. Um, yeah, you guys were in Virginia. And it, it was, it was, it was interesting <laughs> when we did it. Cause we did, we did spend a lot of time talking about the overtones. Of Joel, Joel Payne. Uh, I remember because didn't Allie play Jessica? She did. Okay. And yeah. she, Allie, Allie gave us a lot of notes on, uh, on a Jewish perspective of the play. So mm-hmm. that the director played, don't, I don't remember who directed this. Maybe it was Mike. Mike. Um, so that he could really focus on, on, on some of that. But it starts out, act one, scene one, we're gonna start out with Antonio, who is the merchant. He yes, it sounds from this long extended title like Shylock is the merchant, but he's not. He's it's not Antonio. Antonio is our merchant, and he's got two dudes with him with the same name with an R. There's Solario and Solanio. Solario and Solanio, um, who are who are there with him as he talks about his. He's so sad, and he doesn't know why he's sad, and they keep trying to come up with reasons why he's sad, and he's you like, should, no, you're yeah, sad. You're like you shouldn't be sad. You have all of these boats that are going to bring you up. Vast fortunes. And he's like, well, I'm still, but I don't, I'm still sad. I'm still sad. My heart still so hurts. Like, why are you lovesick? No, I'm just sad. I don't love anything. I love, don't love anything. Uh, they spend a really long time talking about how sad Antonio is. Now, some of my favorite phrases that you see popped up in Shakespeare come, so the in sooth, but also like the, my wind to cool my broth. Mm-hmm. I love that phrase. Like, I will save my breath to cool my porridge. The, this is like, I feel like Shakespeare's taking this time to like, look what I can write. And our play's not long enough. So, so let's add some more. Let's add some well, so yeah, that. <clears throat> which is, yeah, which is all good yeah. and stuff until, um. So then Lorenzo and Bassano. 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 A young Venetian. Who is, he'll, he'll be our ingenue, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And our young ingenue Bassano is in love with, with Portia. Portia. And Portia's father has passed away, but not before setting up this elaborate contest for anybody who wants to marry his daughter. Why? <laughs> we will we will get to that in, well, when yeah, we get we'll to get, the B we'll plot. Get, we'll get eventually there. But Bassanio wants to woo Portia, but he's run out of money. And so he comes to his friend Antonio and he's like, hey, I know that you've given me lots of money in the past and I've spent it all because I'm not good with handling money. I'm an idiot. Uh, But can you give me more and let me explain to you why you should? I need 3,000 ducats. He gives this this great analogy of sometimes if I shoot an arrow and I lose it, 
If I shoot another arrow in the same direction, then I find both arrows. And then I have two arrows. It's called... So give me more money. We that's that's this... actually Beth logic. It's not. <laughs> first of, first yes, of all, yes, it is. First, Beth logic. First of all, I'm a banker by trade. Um, and so I don't believe in putting good money after bad, which is what that is actually I'm just, called. I'm just talking about... Okay, sorry. This is college Beth That is college. Logic. Yeah, but it was giving money to you. That was probably fair. It's probably fair. I did give lots of money to you fools. But, no yeah, reason. so, and Tony goes, okay, well, how much do you need? 3,000 ducats. I don't have 3,000 ducats to give you. I've got all these ships that are going to come in. When They're they going to give back. me lots of money when they get here, yeah. but I don't have it right now, so let's go find somebody who can lend us that so money. Not, can you wait three months? But let's instead go right now. Okay, I'll go find a guy. And let's find this guy who I make fun of. I all troll. the time. Out of all of the moneylenders that I'm sure are in Venice, let's go to the one who hates me. And because I, I treat hate. him, because I, I treat, treat him, him like, like trash. Yeah. Because he makes he makes money off of lending money, and I think that that's unchristian, which it is. Which is why the Jewish people in Venice were the moneylenders because they were allowed to charge money for money. They were allowed to charge interest, charge interest which is basically what he's doing. And Shylock makes good arguments about this. And they're like, it's unchristian. He's like, yes, so am I. Um, <laughs> and our, but it's like, our it's shared my God doesn't money. say that to me. He said it to you, but not yeah. to me. It's like, it's my money, and I'm giving it to you, and this is how I... I would like to, you know, you know make a return on this money that I'm not I'm just going to give you money. It's like, well, you could be friendly and just give me the money. He's like, yeah, but I'm not going to do that. You're a dickhead <laughs> to me, and you're, you have... you you. So, let's so first, like first of all, Let, let's not yeah. skip over a character. Let's not skip over because, you know, I gotta get my fool in. Who's uh, the fool in this one? Well, it's Graziano. It's Graziano. And it's, in fact, not, it's not Lancelot Gobo. Okay, it is a little bit. But Graziano, in fact, introduces himself as, let me play the fool. He's like, I'll, I'll be the fool. So he announces himself. So that's why I picked, and, um, Gomo and Lancelot. Gobo does nothing in they, the whole show. They kind of go away. Nobody does anything. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It's not the most action-heavy show. Well, I mean, Bassanio. Yeah, but basically that's the whole Bas- setup of Act Bas- 1, Scene 1, is Bassanio coming and saying, hey, I need money. Antonio's like, I don't have any. Let's go to a moneylender and get you some money so that you can go with this person who, by the by... Having money is not a requirement to woo Portia. No, nope. proving that not. you are rich because she's plenty rich. She doesn't need you to be rich. She's got so much money from her dad. So it is not a requirement. Bassanio's just obsessed with looking like he's rich. Yep. So first of all, from the very first scene, the entire premise of the events of this play are set up because because Bassanio's an idiot. We'll call him bougie. Yes, that man is bougie. He's bougie. That man is bougie. Um, and so we get to meet next Portia, who is one of my favorite Shakespeare females. Having read this again, I'm going her. to ask you the question. Of yes. Why? She's so smart. Okay, as so smart a woman, she has but one speech that makes me go, you're a smart cookie. And the rest of it makes me go, why the fuck didn't you kick this dude to the curb? Okay, look, there's that. I'm not gonna Because say everything that I'm like, well, uh, you're, okay, so you guys aren't even married yet, but you're gonna give him your house, your money, and everything that is you. And you, you met him like a, like a month ago? 
It's better track record than some of Shakespeare's females. Yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> hey! Better than but no, she's just, she's very smart, she's very witty, and she runs circles around Every everybody else in this play. In and the I only thing that I... Cleopatra up against each other. That's fair. Moment. That's fair. Cleopatra love... will punch her mouth. To quote Shakespeare, I'm going to make a deep bleed. But she's, this whole scene with Nerissa, uh, she's another one where the language thing gets really interesting because when she's alone with Nerissa, she talks in prose, but when she's in front of people, she talks in verse. Ooh. Yeah. Well, it gives you the it gives you the, the personal feeling yeah. when she's with Nerissa. Yeah, yeah. But I love this conversation she has with Nerissa in scene two of Act One, where Nerissa's saying, "Well, you've had all of these like wealthy men and princes come to try and beat this test that your father set up and win your hand," and she's like, "Yeah, and I hate all of them." And she has this great banter back and forth with explaining why she hates all They're these all people. Dead. Yeah, yeah. And like, what about the Napoleon person? The prince. It's like, uh, yeah, he talks about his horses all the time. Well, what about this guy? The County Palpatine. Yeah, he Palpatine. does nothing but Palpatine. but frown. <laughs> and, you know, as it goes on, um, what say you then to Falconbridge? You know, I say nothing to him, for he understands not me, nor I him. And talks about how dumb he is, because he only speaks one language. Which is English, which is like a nice jab at the yes. English speakers <laughs> of the world. Um, what about the Scottish Lord? Uh, he... At the night, charity to him. For he borrowed a box of the year of the Englishman and swore he would pay him again when he was able. And then, how do you like the German? Uh, I don't like him when he's sober, and I don't like him even more when he's drunk, and he's either one of the two all of the time, so So, he's awful. One of all of these things that she lists negatively about all of these guys, you know who does all of them? Bassanio. Bassanio! Bassanio doesn't speak more than one language. Look, some people are, but he speaks the same language she does. Um, the Scottish the Scottish Lord borrowed money he couldn't give back. Bassanio did that. Yeah, Bassanio so passed the talk. riddle test. So, oh, oh yeah. let's get to that riddle test. Oh my gosh, the riddle test. Well, that comes later. It comes later. Don't skip ahead just because you don't. <laughs> scene three. Well, first we have to deal with the terms of the loan. Yeah. So yeah, let's get scene, to scene three, three. Is Shylock? Because Bassanio is trying to live the high life. Oh yes, <laughs> nice. All right, so. Ryan and I watched earlier today a video of a man who was the rank master ranking a bunch of cheap American beers, and they listed High Life as one, and it happens to be our group's kind of go-to beer. Like cheap beer of Yeah, choice. like if we're having a party, get a 30-pack get a of High Life and then whatever beers you want, because... That's eventually what, that's you'll what be, we drink in our 20s. Eventually you'll be out of good beer and you'll but fall met, back to but that 30 matter. That thirty pack of highlight, but it's what we drank in our twenties too, before we had jobs and that things. gave us money that we could afford good beer with. Right, um, when quantity mattered more than quality. <laughs> yes, yes. Nice. So he's now made. I'm going to even call it. It's it's a Beth segue oh. to make the highlight beer work when we were just drinking it because somebody else drank it in front of us today and we had to have it again. Yes, it's like Pavlovian response. Yeah, oh, like, oh, the high life, I should drink yes, that. Yes, we should drink that today. Did you want to drink it with the other cheap beers? Eh, no, I'm good, but can I have a little highlight? Yeah. So, yeah, so Bassiana likes to live the high life. Dang. That means I bought this one, so and I'm winning. You did. You're I'm winning. winning. Yes. Actually, I'm pretty sure you won this week based off of both beers you brought. That's true. Um, so, yeah, so they, they're meeting with Shylock. And Shelly's like, okay, you want 3,000 ducats? For three months. For three months. Yeah, they're like, yeah, that's what we want. 
And I gotta say, like, and, and part of this is pulling from, I've only seen this show, this play performed once. I saw it performed in Stratford. And there were a lot of questionable decisions made on that production, but their Shylock was amazing. A good Shylock he, yeah. can make up for He was for really, a lot of really great. And so here. he made me sympathetic to Shylock. And every time I read this play, I am sympathetic to Shylock. I think you should be. Even, and I, even at the end yeah. scene. I did not like be. Antonio when I saw this. And at reading this, I still don't like Antonio. No. He's yeah. like, high five, give it a He's everything that's wrong with. Christianity as it's put forth in the world because he calls himself a Christian but doesn't live up to the Christian ideal because he literally spits on Shylock. Yep. And reads says, him like garbage and Shylock calls him out on it and he's like, yeah, and I'm going to do the same thing to you when I pass you in the street again. <laughs> don't worry. I don't like you now. Didn't like you then. Not going to like you in the future. Not like you. And so Shylock's terms are, I'm going to give you this money. For this period of time, on this day, you will pay me back the money, and it is on you, Antonio, and nobody else. It is you, Antonio. You have to pay me this money on this day, and if you don't, you have to give me a pound of your flesh. I get a pound of flesh. I get a pound of flesh carved out of your chest. But he says it, so, the way we get to that, because that's a, that surmises a very long scene, Um, but the way we get to that is, like, there's a lot of talk about how... In scene three, there's a lot of talk about how the Jewish tribe is treated mm-hmm. in Venice, about how uh, people are cooking pork around them mm-hmm. just to like, cook pork near a Jew, um, that the, they are kept separate. So in case you don't know the history of Venice, there was a Jewish quarter. It was kept under lock and key. Like, they would close, there was a curfew, and they would close the gates to it, and if you weren't inside, you were in a lot of trouble. Uh, not just like you couldn't get to your home, you would be arrested for being out of the Jewish quarter. So, Bassiano seems to be having, like, a relatively civil discussion with a man that he's, tra- like, he's used to trying to get things out of people. Yeah. And he's like, no, I need this. Can I have it? And he's like, um, uh, sure. And Shylock like, is like, are you Shylock- responsible for this? Because I don't think you've got it. Yeah. No, he's my, like, no, no, it'll be on Antonio. And Shylock's like, Antonio's a good man? And he's like, hey, have you heard anything else? And Shylock's like, Drop my mic. You don't get my meaning here. He may be a good man to you, but he's not a good man to me. And so he goes into all of the terrible things that Signor Antonio does. And Signor Antonio's like, yeah, I do those. And 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 he's like, well, I don't like you because you don't follow the Christian ideal and you uh, charge interest on your money. And Shylock's like, yeah, I'm not a Christian. I'm not bound by your laws. Yeah, I'm bound by my laws. I'm giving you this money. The like, least you can do is basically pay me for the trouble of giving you this money yeah. and for me taking this risk. And the thing, again, for me with Antonio in this is Antonio agrees to it. Shalak goes, if you default on this loan, I'm going to carve a pound of flesh out of your chest. And Antonio goes, all right, sounds good to me. I'll sign it. Well, he's yep, like, okay. he, says, he says, like, as a lark, as a lark, we'll just put down that you'll pay me. And you're, yeah, I mean, your ships are going to come in, right? So you'll pay me on this date. And if you don't, I mean, it's for funsies. Let's just put the bond as um, a pound of your flesh. And Antonio's like, yeah, sure. My ships are going to come in. Shh. And then Charlie's like, like, like uh, let's tell, tell you what. Let's go to a lawyer. 
let's make this binding. And I like Basanio in this season. He's like, like, is this, is this a good idea? Should we? This is a bad idea. And Antonio's like, no, my ships are coming in. It's fine. It's not a big deal. And Shadok's like, would I be trying to pull anything on you? Like, what use would I have for a literal pound of human flesh? It's not worth anything. It's not worth what cow flesh is worth or goat flesh is worth. It's like you can't cook it. Like, why would I? Nobody's going to buy it from me. I'm not going to get 3,000 ducats out of his skin, right? Right, so it's just it's all for funsies. We're not really gonna do it. Yeah, I just you know just joshing him. Yeah, and the whole time, I have this image of Shakespeare just like having shy like twirling like his snidely whiplash, his, his snidely whiplash mustache, going yeah yeah. No one's gonna get flesh. flesh. Yeah, Shylock has no way of knowing that his ships aren't going to come in. No, he doesn't. But I think he wants to put a little bit of fear into Antonio. Let's talk yeah. about securities. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not licensed to discuss securities for a reason. He's but no, he's he's, he's he's trying to put he's trying to put a little bit of a uh, you know. A little bit and of Antonio, fear into Antonio, I think, but I, I Antonio does not respond with fear. Antonio like steps up to the plate and bangs his chest and goes, "Yeah, yeah let's do it. I'll go to a notary. I'll sign over a pad yeah. of my flesh." Yeah. yeah. Cut, cut, off my, thinking, cut off my chest. But here we get in, like, this would be an interesting scene for a director to really delve into how you're going to emphasize some of these phrases. Like, we're going to rest on the kindness of a Jew. So there's yeah. there's these places where you can really play up how nasty Antonio Yeah, because I feel like, okay, Shylock is supposed to be the quote-unquote villain, but I don't see it that way. I think that he, like... And maybe it's because we're looking back on this with a with a much more understanding mind than the 1500s. I, the introduction to the version that I read, which is the Norton anthology, um, made some comment about how we read it today in a very different lens than they read it back then. And while it wasn't great back then, the way they talked about and treated Jews, Shakespeare had no way of knowing that. Hitler and the Holocaust was going to happen. Yep. And no, throw no. these into much sharper right. relief. But so Abrams can go screw himself for that comment. Because and Abrams is, by the way, the first editor listed on Memory's anthology. Yeah. But Abrams can go screw himself for that comment because Shakespeare might not have known that Hitler was coming, but he sure as hell knew about the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. So it's not that at this point in time it, it that the Jews are just kind of well, yeah, we're keeping them separate. But equal, because we know how well that works, right? Yeah, yeah. No, there's already been thousands and thousands of years of the Jewish tribe being constantly suppressed. And this is another thing, I think, for the Shakespeare time machine, which is I'd like to go back and see how this was put on in Shakespeare's day. Yeah. And who you were supposed to be rooting for when I'm sure it was Antonio. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know either because Shylock is, I think, written to be a sympathetic character. He's he is, got a lot he's of the big. To be he's got a lot of the big speeches that she, we'll get to. You know, am I? Do we not? If you prick us, do we not bleed? Yeah. You know. So Shakespeare does this, and we've talked about this, where he yes. put, takes these social injustices. He, we've talked about how he's done it with women, um, specifically with Cleopatra and with Rosaline. How he's taken those moments to show, to showcase, really, how just awful these, these people are treated. So I think that 
I would love to go back and see if we're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are we right? Is this not done in some semi-comical way? Is this done to to yeah. show, like, hey, this is how terrible the Jews are treated. Yeah. So, I don't know. And I don't know. Like, this is but, one of the most important scenes in yeah. the play because this is where we get the pound of flesh. Moving uh, on to which, Act by the two. way, is my other beer that I brought that's still chilling because the coolers were down. Uh-huh. Is Into the Flesh. <laughs> nice. Nice. I like it. Yep. Beautiful. But, um, but going into Act 2 is where we finally get this amazing B-plot of... Portia's dad, a man who is not in this show because he has died by the time this show takes place. Tell me about Lancelot and Gogo. I don't want to. There, we're not at that scene. Are we at that scene? No. I thought that was so. The very first first scene one is uh, the Prince of Morocco comes to pursue Portia. Oh, I skipped a page. And basically we are introduced to this test, and basically the way that you get to win Portia is you're led into a room, and in that room there are three caskets. One is made of gold, one is made of silver, and one is made of lead, and they all have a riddle inscribed in them. And in one of the caskets is Portia's portrait, and he who first chooses the casket with Portia's portrait in it gets to marry Portia. Well, she's had, you know, 10 or 12 suitors at this point who have obviously chosen wrongly, but we don't get to see the I've seen yet. this plot happen in an Indiana Jones movie, <laughs> and it's how Nazis' faces melt off. <laughs> yes. Choose mice. Boy. You're kind of sporting that beard now. I am, a little bit. A little bit. You better. got a Templar but beard. The night, the night of the... Of the, uh, <laughs> the night of the chairs. The, the tomb. Yeah. Scene one of Act Two just introduces us to the idea of these caskets and this prince who is the newest suitor. It's a very short scene. Um, but the Prince of Morocco has come to try and win Portia. And then we meet Lancelot Gobo, who is kind of useless. Lancelot and Gobo. Well, it's Gobo and Lancelot Gobo, because it's father-son. Yes. Lancelot and Lancelot Gobo. Yes. No, it's no. Gobo and it's Lancelot Gobo. It's Gobo and Lancelot Gobo. Gobo. And I just remember that I, uh, to the I Gobos, had plural. two graduate students in my Shakespeare and performance class with Lisa Lockford. And um, Hepzibah Smith, I don't know if you ever... I, did, I have met Hepzibah. Hepzibah uh, did the Lancelot Gobo monologue as her prose monologue in that class. So every time I read this, I hear specifically the name Lancelot Gobo in her accent. Because she has, like, a beautiful Indian accent, and it's... I just love it. I love listening to her. So, speaking of, speaking of uh, Indian language and uh, The Merchant of Venice... Uh, I have something. <laughs> I have something to bring up when we get to adaptations. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm confused. Sure, if I'm you're going. Take, wait, if you're going to take the spot of weird uh, juxtapositions here, then what am I supposed to do? Like that's. I don't know, but I'm just. I'm letting you know. I'm giving all right. you guys all. We're of putting that. a pin in it. We're putting a pin in it. Putting a pin in it. All right. Thank but, you for bringing up Hepzibah. But the because <laughs> it will come up later. Excellent. But the gobos. Ran away from yeah. so Lancelot, their master. Yeah, Lancelot Gobo is the servant of Shylock. He does not want to be the servant of Shylock because Shylock apparently treats him very poorly. Shylock's side of the story is that he's a lazy servant who never does his job, which, frankly, I believe. Because he's kind of... Having useless. met Lancelot. Having met Lancelot Gobo. And the, this whole scene is him playing a trick on his father who is blind. 
and basically like gaslighting his father, who comes in and he's like, my son. He's like, I'm not your son. You're not my son? No. I'm not your son. I haven't seen your son. And then later he's like, no, I am your son. He's like, but you told me you weren't my son. Yeah, it was just funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're that, right? top-notch characters. But they don't do anything or nope. move the story along nope, in any not way. not at all. They give us a little bit of a different side of Shylock. Maybe he made Shylock too sympathetic, and somebody's like, what are you going to do? It sounds like you like this Jew guy. And then he's like, well, how about this? How about he's horrible to the servant? Um, but Bassanio so, so shows up. Needs stupid yeah. part. But Bassanio shows up and he's like, "Oh, you don't want to be Shylock's servant? Come be my servant instead." Yeah, because I don't. And Gump is like, "Yeah, okay, sure." Because um, that's a great idea. And that's basically scene two. In we, Act two, it's true. Oh, wait, we do get the word "gramercy" in here for no yeah. good reason, <laughs> right? Gramercy. Um. Yeah. Okay. And then, so they're they're yeah. they're useless. They don't do anything. He just picks up these two like. Tag along. I say Mor- no Morocco reason. and Aragon uh, so, come in and they fail the test. Well, fail. that's we already later. passed that. No, they haven't failed the test yet. That's oh, oh, they're in. Sorry, we meet the Prince of Morocco at the beginning of Act Two, but they don't that's go right. take the test take until the like test Act until Three. Act Three. That's right. Sorry, we meet, I jumped, no, I that's okay. You time. jumped way ahead. We meet Jessica next, who is uh, she's an interesting character. Shylock's daughter. Yes, and apparently the name Jessica is old enough that. Shakespeare was using it, and just to me, it does not sound like a name that should be that old. Jessica. It's well, just weird to think about Shakespeare's characters. You've got Katriana and Portia and Juliet and Jessica. I don't know. To me, it's it's weird and doesn't fit. But this is this is a Judeo Christian name that goes back into the Bible. Into the I Torah. know, but it it still to me seems like a weird. What about Ruth? Ruth sounds like an old-fashioned Does name. It? Jessica sounds like a girl from the 90s with, like, the Je- butterfly clips Jessica! Got that side ponytail. Yes. Okay, in meaning in history, <laughs> this name was first used in this form by Shakespeare in his play. Yay! Where it belongs to the daughter the of Shylock. Jessica. Shakespeare probably based it on the biblical name Iska, which would have been spelled Jessica, J-E-S-C-H-A, in his time. It was not commonly used as a given name until the middle of the 20th century. Okay, see, Notable bears include actresses Jessica Tandy and Jessica Lange. Those are not the Jessica actresses that I would have gone with for that. Those are the two that I would think of. Really? I mean, then there's Jessica Jessica Alba. Jessica Jessica Alba. Alba, Jessica Chastain. Yeah. No, if you if you if you tell me if you, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, if you ask me the other J name. If you ask yeah. me a Jessica actress, I actually would go Jessica Lang or Jessica Tandy. <laughs> okay. Personally, I don't, think I, I don't. You know, I don't think I could pick Jessica Tandy out of a lineup. Right Jessica now. Lang was in was in Rob Roy. So yeah. Oh, she well. was the wife in Rob Roy. Oh well. Anyway, scene three of Act Two is literally twenty lines long. Jessica Tandy, isn't that? Fine? All right, all right. Tomatoes. I don't know. Yeah. But basically, it's Jessica going, hey, Lancelot, I want to run away. And it's like, okay. Will you run good. away? I'll run away with I'll you. I'll run away with you. But I'm, uh, a, all right. but I'm a Jewess. I'm okay with it. It's like, nah, I'm in love with... Oh, who's she in love with? Who is Jessica's? Lorenzo. Lorenzo <laughs> elopes with Jessica. Yes, so they're planning the elopement in this scene, and she's going to convert to Christianity. Because that's the answer for everything in this play. This... Just become a Christian. And so scene four, we have more of Lorenzo and Graziano making plans with Lancelot, and Solerio and Solanio are back. 
Like, it literally, like, we're skipping over these plot. These, nothing the, happens. These scenes are, like, on. so short. And there, then there's nothing really to, like, to dig into, or there's no lines that are worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, it, it's literally, like, Jessica being like, hey, Lorenzo, I like you. Yeah. And then in scene five, we, we see Shylock interact with Jessica, and Shylock has to leave to go somewhere, and so Jessica is going to look after the house so far as Shylock knows. While, while I have seated that Beth won tonight with her beer choices, the scene we're talking about, this section of the play we're talking about, actually brings up my beer. Blah, blah, blah. Because that is all that is going on right now. It's, it's, it's true. Just it's true. Talking about it's much ado about nothing. This would be better called Much Ado About Nothing than Much Ado About Nothing is called Much Ado About Nothing. This there was at least it. something in Much Ado About Nothing. Well, there this is a whole bunch of nothing. So if we want to talk about the nothing, Morocco has an enormous speech. Well, we're not even there yet. No. Because scene six is more of Lorenzo and Jessica and Graziano talking about Jessica's going to run away with Lorenzo. Yes, we've established that. It took us eight scenes to do so. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. blah. But let's, let's by all means, let's jump ahead to the casket scene, please, because I just need to talk about something else. Is this even worth calling it a subplot C? No, it's like subplot like W. Yeah, it's way it's way down the subplot list. I just assume they ran off and were happy together because I don't think she comes no, back uh, at the no, end. No, it does play. eventually. No, do. It does eventually yeah. come back. So, okay. but plot, anyway, this plot does eventually come back. But then we jump to the Prince of Morocco, who yes has this like eight, eighty lines. Some god direct my judgment and let me see. So basically, we now get to see the caskets, yeah. one of which has Portress portrait in it. Porsche's portrait. Say that ten times fast. Porsche's portrait. Porsche's portrait. Porsche's portrait. Porsche's portrait. Porsche's portrait. What's the But I want to find what each of the caskets actually says. Who chooseth me? Give must give and hazard all he hath. That's what the lead casket says. Right. And then the silver is who chooseth me shall get as much as he deserves. And then the gold casket said, who says, who chooseth me shall gain what many men desire. So basically they have to choose one of these caskets, and whichever one they think has the portrait in it. And because we've all seen Indiana Jones, you know that the answer is the lead casket. The cup of the carpenter. The cup of the carpenter. <laughs> uh, but the Prince of Morocco oh, the man will pass. does not the know. Man. The penitent man kneels before God and then does a victory roll. Oh, and the Jewish fake. So the Prince of Morocco basically says, who chooses me shall get what many men desire. And he's like, well, that's the lady. So I'm choosing the gold casket, of course. Nope. Give wrong. me the key. He opens it. Inside there is a skull. His face melts. <laughs> Not really. No. A lot more interesting. A, face skull, a, a skull and a, an inscription because Porsche's dad apparently just loved a good riddle. All that glitters is not gold. It's not glitters. It's glisters. I have glitters. All that glitters. Oh, be, no, I've got glisters. I think it's supposed to be glistens. <laughs> oh, I got mine from Folgers. Mm, I got mine from Norton. So we've run into, what, but she's got glisters and you've got glitters, and I've heard glistens. And so obviously somewhere in the middle we ended up with glisters. Look, That's, <laughs> the next, the next glitters, no. glistens, 
Glisters is, is an unfortunate word. All those who wander are not lost, then yeah. I don't care. So All that glisters is not gold. Often have you heard that told. Many a man his life hath sold, but my outside to behold. Gilded tombs do worms enfold. Had you been as wise as bold, young in limbs and judgment old, your answer had not been in scrolls. Fare you well, your suit is cold. This is the worst poem Shakespeare it's ever wrote. <laughs> it's the worst poem Shakespeare ever wrote. I love that it's a dead dad talking shit to a guy that wants to bang his daughter. <laughs> and I just love the idea of Portia's... a fine point on that. Now, standing right, in the yeah. background going, come on, dad. Dad, dad. oh my god, that's so oh, bad. Dad. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. But at this uh, point, probably enough people have chosen the Golden Castle she that she memorized. could probably like recite it along she with read, them. She reads that's it out loud. Like, she, what, even, she just When somebody asks you and someone will... When somebody asks you in the in the future if you will direct the Merchant of Venice, you can be like, yeah. And then when you put on the scene, you can have her in the background just being like, oh, good. Do like her, Hermione in the Harry Potter, first Harry Potter, where she's mouthing along all the yeah. words. Yeah. But I just want to take her aside. I want to take Portia aside and go, Portia, uh, your dad's dead. Why do you go along with this whole thing? She, she thinks it's very funny. <laughs> That's the only way it could be because if she hates like all to of believe, these dudes, and I'd like to believe that if somebody she didn't like picked the right casket, she'd go, "Nah, I don't feel like dealing with you. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no." And I can't. She wouldn't even take rich. him to the fucking caskets. She'd be like, "No, I don't accept that you're here." She um, would be like, "Choose the gold one. It just <laughs> it has my portrait in it." Peace. No one's picked it. Don't know why. <laughs> don't know why. It's so shiny. They must have think it's, it's too obvious a choice. So you should pick that one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but the Moroccan prince chooses wrong, and he leaves, because the deal is, is the deal is, you go in, you choose a his casket. Suit, his suit is cold. If you are wrong, <laughs> not only do you have to leave and never talk to Portia again, but you're not allowed to marry anybody else. You're not allowed ever. to woo. Yeah. Ever again. Also, I want to point out, none of this is legally binding, <laughs> and there's no way the prince of Morocco is, I mean, he's... This continuity to the, like you have to have continuity I just like, to the line. I like ten years down the road. Also, why, why is the prince, prince of Morocco? You're the coming prince. Here. You must get married. You must have an heir. I cannot. Why not? A I skull in a casket. Told I me chose, I couldn't. I chose the golden <laughs> casket. And well, and it told me my suit was cold. <laughs> my suit was cold. Well, why not? Why not? Morocco and and Venice are not that far apart. No, they're across the Mediterranean. But then we have the. What are they going to do to you? Let's say you go back to Morocco and you just marry the nice Moroccan lady that you've always loved. Um, and Portia's dad is going to come back from the dead. Hush- yeah, yeah obviously. Is that him. how Hamlet started? Yes. It's his skull. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> there was a Denmark. Per- there, there must have been a prince of Denmark who went here. It was it was Hamlet's uncle, and that's how this all happened. <laughs> Love it. Shakespeare. There's there's no crossing of friars here. It's a crossing of ghosts. We don't have a friar in this one. I'll find somebody to make a friar, though I always do. Uh, I really, really <laughs> hope it's Portia, because it kind of is Portia. It kind of is. Anyway, so then we so move on. on. Yeah, moving also, on. Also, the Prince of Aragon from Spain, he is there as well. Well, not yet. No, he comes in later. Scene eight is when Solerio and Solanio are going, so who's going to tell Antonio that all of his ships... Are missing. Yeah, all of his shifts. Every single one of the eight he like had and was counting on for this fortune, they all gone missing. Damn the sight. Who's gonna tell him that? Not it. Nose Basically, that scene eight is nose goes. Nose goes. Um, and then and then scene nine is the Prince of Aragon yes. who comes and he chooses the silver casket 
which is, is also, also wrong. wrong. And here, I'm going to read this one, too. The fire seven times tried this. Seven times tried that judgment is. That did never choose amiss. Some there be that shadows kiss. Such have but a shadow's bliss. There be fools alive. Uh, I wish. I don't know a Shakespeare word that means in truth. That is not sooth because it has to rhyme with all of the is's. Take what wife you will to bed, I will e'er ever be your head. So be gone, you are sped. Still more fool I shall appear by the time I linger here. With one fool's head I come to woo, but I go away with two. Sweet adieu, I keep my oath, patiently to bear my wrath. It was, which is an even worse poem than the first one. Um, and inside the silver casket is a mirror. So, basically it's calling you a fool. And the Aragon prince goes away, because he's also lost. As much as I admire your dedication to try and cover every single plot point of this boring-ass play... We're gonna move ahead. We're at, like, 45 minutes. I know. And we haven't even gotten into, like... That's okay. That will also go quickly, because as much as we think that courtroom scene is a big plot point... It's not. It's not. So, yeah, that's the end of of Act 2, and now we're in Act 3, which is, again... The due date of the the loan has come. Yes, now all of Antonio's ships are lost. So bu- bus- two, two of them have wrecked, and the others are missing. Are we talking missing. about how Portia is now like? I do love you. Well, she got a message that said Bassanio's coming. She's like, oh, okay, but we haven't. Oh. They haven't met yet. They haven't actually. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so Shylock's like, all right, time for my money. Oh, you don't have it. Okay, okay. I'm gonna sharpen my knife. And he's like, you were kidding. You said you were kidding. Why he's like, kidding? uh, but you had a notary notarize this. I'm it's... a notary, by the way, just in case anybody wants to know. So if I. somebody, Oh, you are too now? <laughs> yeah. So if somebody wants to, like, give away a pound of flesh, this chick right here, I'll notarize it. It's like, yeah, but you signed a contract. It's legally binding. You can't give me the money. You agreed to do this. So I'm going to get flesh. my knife ready. Bayless, I'm going to get my knife take ready. Take him away. Um, and so... That's basically scene one is Shylock sharpening his knife pretty much mm-hmm. literally, although liter- he does it later literally. But uh, And then Bassanio meets with Portia, and she's like, I really like you. Make sure you choose right. You should wait a little longer. And he's like, no, I'm going to go do it now. And he chooses the he does lead it. casket, he and it's right. It Huzzah. Right. Hooray. And everything's happy, and they're going to get married. And surprise, Nerissa, who is Portia's servant. Is going to get married to Graziano. I've been in love with Graziano this whole time. All two weeks. All two all weeks. weeks. Both of them. So all they're, two, both of them. And the, the only important thing out of the scene you is know, that... know, for a second, I was like, both Grazianos? <laughs> <laughs> the only important thing out of the scene is that Portia goes, Hooray, huzzah, you're going to marry me, and here's a token of my love. It's a ring. Wear it always and never give it away. And Bassanio's like, of course, I will never give this ring away. And Nurse is like, here, I have a ring, too. Never give it away. And Grazia was like, I will never give this ring away. Huh. Why would they mention the rings and not giving them away? They're from this wonderful <laughs> jeweler, Chekhov. <laughs> Shut up. Jesus. <laughs> Christ. Jesus. This is why you are like a graphic design major. Shut, shut up. Don't, um, make, don't make Anton Chekhov. The guns were a big deal. They meant a lot. <laughs> Anyway, then Lorenzo and Jessica show up because they have escaped oh. and they've run away and they're like, hey, I uh, got some bad news for you, Bassanio. My dad is uh, sharpening his knife to go after your he's friend Antonio. Cut, he's going to cut your boy. Because uh, Antonio doesn't have the money. And Portia's like, well, I have the money. Yeah, I'll give How it How much to is him. it? 3,000 ducats. Oh, is that all? Give him six. 
Yeah, well, because apparently she's just got money to burn. I'm gonna make it rain. Well, she is like the richest woman in Venice. Yeah, she's like so. You know, she's like no, absolutely. Uh, She make a hail. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, we'll pay him two, three times what he wants. It'll all be fine. Don't worry. Go get your friend. Whatever it's gonna take. Leave. Go get. And so they yeah, so they leave. (laughs) But after they leave, Porch is like, "Ah, ah, should I trust is Bassiano? She's like, no, no, that's gonna go poorly. You know what? But but I told him I'd trust him and be be meek and mild in this wifely duty thing. But he's gonna fuck this whole thing up. So I'm pretty, but he's Chase. Chase, you gotta put earmuffs on because you're the husband in the room. Mm. Not that you're not also a husband, Ryan, but your wife's not here. Cassie, let's have a wife to wife talk for just a second. Absolutely. Have you ever had those moments, earmuffs? Have you ever had those moments where you looked, you asked your spouse to do something, and my husband listens to this too, so before you guys get all poosty over there. No, we're just listening. Yeah. And rapt fascination. Where you're like, they told me they were going to take care of this. Should I? I, I've asked them to, to do this. Should I check in on this, or should I just let them have it? Just, He'll do it. He said he'd do it. He so said he'd do, do it. It's fine. He do it. It's fine. What's it? What is your percentage wise? Like, is it thirty percent of the time that you're like, oh, that didn't work out at all? I don't know. Sometimes in the back of my mind, I am going, maybe I should uh, talk to. Actually, I think my like rich uncle. I think it's a rich uncle. Rich uncle. Magic I'm gonna uncle. go. I'm gonna go talk to my rich uncle. And, so is he magician uh, uncle or just rich uncle? This just time? rich uncle. Just rich uncle. Just lawyer, uncle. His lawyer uncle is lawyer actually uncle. what he is. Mm. Maybe I'm gonna talk to my lawyer uncle and see if he can send me some clothes it's so always, I can dress up and a, pretend a to be a man so that I can make sure that this goes all right and step how, in if it does. How would your husband deal with this sort of back meddling? Do you think he'd be like, "Thank you, thank you for saving my friend"? I know I told you not to get involved and that I would take care of it. <laughs> But I think he'd give away the ring that I gave him. Oh, do you? I do. Oh, oh, oh. I don't actually think that. I love you, honey. <laughs> I trust you very this is, much. This is getting our show ring. Right My husband only takes off his wedding ring when he is putting on lotion to massage my feet. So my husband would never get away with his ring. He's awesome. My husband's the best. Anyway, so Portia talks to Narissa. <laughs> it's to make up for that bad stuff I said earlier. <laughs> Portia talks to Narissa, and she's like, we gotta go make sure that this actually goes down, okay? Lorenzo, Jessica, watch the house. We cool? We cool. And Jessica's like, this is the second house I'm supposed to be watching, and I didn't do the first one, so why are you... Why? Why? Would you Lo- expect Lorenzo, me? do you just want to set up shop here? Let's <clears throat> bang it out. All right. And so then the next scene is Antonio going, dude... We're going to go to a judge, and they're not going to uphold this. And Chalice's like, yeah, let's go to a judge. Let's go to one, because I have a contract. That's basically scene three. But Even when Bassiano <laughs> offers much more. Yeah. yeah so then, then Bassiano yeah. shows up, and he's like, I will give you not 3,000 ducats, 6,000 ducats. And Chalice's like, no. no I, don't want my I, don't, I don't want his runoff. Yeah. I don't want your money. And he's pretty sure that they took her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want your money. I want his yeah. money. We had a deal. He signed the contract. It has to be his money. And I'm getting what I deserve for all of the crap that I have taken from this. And that's when he gives this big speech. I think coming up, he gives the big speech about. Yeah. uh, If you you prick me, do I not bleed? If you prick me, do I not bleed? You know, I am, you are always on me to be more Christian. Like I am following the Christian example. When somebody wrongs you, what do you Christians do? You get revenge. I've been wronged. I am getting revenge. 
His flesh, nobody else's. And so then a bunch of worthless stuff happens. <laughs> like I'm just like skipping full pages because yeah, yeah. The bulk of what's important. So the duke, the duke will not intervene. Portia arrives. So they send for the lawyer Bellario, who is Portia's cousin. Um, and she's gone to talk to him off stage and been like, hey, instead of you going, could you actually write a letter that says that I'm your apprentice and you trust me? And Luckily. send me dressed up with voice clothes so that I can go be the judge? Yeah. I'm going to dress up like a dude. And yep. so and enter one of Ryan's very favorite characters from Much Do About Nothing, Balthazar. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Portia and Drag. Yes. And you still so, think we can do without Balthazar? Yes. Okay. So yeah, so Portia's there posing as Balthazar, and Nerissa's there po- posing as her clerk. Her clerk, yeah. And she's like, "All right, I'm going to hear the events of this case." And so they lay it. Shylock lays it all out. He's like, "This was the deal. He knew this was the deal when he signed the thing, and this is what I'm owed. I'm owed a pound of his flesh. You have to uphold the law. That's your job." And Portia goes, "You're right. And that the, is my job. The, the law, law is on your side. Yeah. And now it's time for the Jew to be merciful. But I'm I'm going to entreat you to mercy." And she gives a really great speech. The quality of mercy is not straight. Droppeth this a gentle rain upon the ground. Yes, so she is pleading with him, be merciful, show mercy, forgive this debt, or... Accept the money. And Shylock's like, no. And she's like, okay, well, we have this money, and it's more than what you've asked for. It's like three times what you've asked for. Accept this money. Nope, didn't count one time. I don't want it. No. And then we get an Elwood's moment. And she goes, okay, all right, Antonio... Bear your breast. And Antonio gives this big speech to Bassanio about, I don't blame you, Bassanio. <laughs> Here I, I lie. I, I agreed to do about it. About to die. But you have your woman, so it's all worth it. And Just remember like, me fondly. all of my women. If I could Yeah, that's one of my favorite moments of this. Is like, I would no, sacrifice no. my wife to save you. And Portia has it aside to the audience go, Oh, I wonder if he'd say that in front of his wife. <laughs> but <laughs> Antonio at least goes, I don't think your wife would like to hear that. <laughs> I don't think your wife would like that. And then Graziano also chimes in. He's like, I would also sacrifice my wife to save you. And Narissa's there, and she has an aside to the audience going, oh, oh, would he? Oh, would he? And not? that's when Portia and Narissa decide that not only are they going to run rings around these men, they're also going to make their husbands look foolish at the end of the day. High five. That was bad. Let's get it so they can hear it. There we go. All right. So... The Portia comes up. So, she's like, all right, bear your breast. Sharpen your knife, Jew. Let's go. Yep. You, you're but, right. The yep. law's on your side. So then Shylock has his knife to Antonio's chest. Oh, she oh, goes, oh, oh wait oh, a minute. But don't spill a single drop of blood because you get the flesh. You're not entitled to the blood. Well, and the blood, the spilling the blood of a Christian was illegal. Yeah. You're not entitled to the blood. And so if you spill any blood, your life is forfeit. So the brat in me at this point in time, the first time I w- came across this, um, I'm like, why didn't he just, like, shave down the flesh off? Like, that was my thought process. I was like, okay, I know how to do that. Just, like, scrape, 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 scrape. Just, you can't just dig in. You just take layers of skin off. Just then you like, go down. Then you go down. But, and then she also tells him, you have to take a pound exactly the first time. Yep. If you're under or you're over. You're done. You're done. And Shalek's like, okay, uh, well then in that case, I'll take that money that was offered to me a little while ago. you already said you wouldn't have it. Of course, she's like, nah. No, nah, man. Actually, no. And since you deliberately set up this whole thing to take the to, to murder somebody, 
Uh, now, basically, your life is in Antonio's hands. Antonio, what do you want to do with this guy? Well, she, she, orders, she orders him to give up all of his wealth. Yeah, she's like... Half to Venice and half to Half Antonio. to Venice, yeah. Half no. to his daughter, I think. Well, no, that's Antonio's... Right, yeah, okay. That's Antonio's little thing on, on that. But I kind of feel like, and this might, again, be me reading too much into this, but I feel like when Portia gives to Antonio, it's now your right to decide what is, you know, going to be done with this Jew. I feel like what she doesn't say but could say is, and please remember that the quality of mercy is not strained, mm-hmm. but droppeth like the gentle rain from heaven. Do, do you remember all those things I said? All those things you? I said also it apply to you. Just because... And then Antonio's like, you have to convert to Christianity, and you can't change money anymore. And Portia, I like to imagine, just goes, boys, why do we let boys run, well, run out? He, he, does, he does one good thing, which is to, he gives back the half of Shylock's money that Shylock is ordered to give to him. And puts the caveat on it that he must bequeath it to his estranged daughter. So Antonio does one good thing, one good thing, but then he fucks it right back up again. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Why do we let boys do anything? That's again might be me reading a bit. Nope, much into it. But that's that's where we end Act Four. But we have a, an entire fifth act. Can we let's 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 just go back to like just Bill Lorenzo because I wonder what the fuck they're doing back at the house. Just like they're just watching the house, talking about Fisby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Why are they talking about Fisby? Because they watched a bunch of do about nothing too. <laughs> is that is that no no midsummer. midsummer or midsummer? Yeah, so they sorry. were staying up late Look, watching I'm, I'm watching midsummer on Netflix <laughs> 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 and decided that they were going to sit around and just talk about like old Roman gods, but Greek gods, actually, Dido and Carthage, and we we skipped an important part oh, because well, yeah. at the end of Act Four. It's the echo is talking to us because I thought we said. I'm sorry, Alexa. We're done with you. Echo, stop. What do you call it? Echo. Its name's Alexa. We call it Echo. We've changed to Echo, so it doesn't respond when the the commercials commercials come on. Um, But no, at the end of Act Four, as Portia and Narissa are leaving, Bassanio and Graziano come to them to thank them for their fair and just, you know, treatment, and they're like, "Here, let us let us pay you some of this money." Portia's like, no, we don't want your money. We don't want anything. And Bassani's like, you have to take something. You have to accept something as my gratitude. She's like, we really don't want anything. And Bassani's like, no, we need to give you something. Name a price. And she's like, okay, I'll have that ring you're wearing. And then Bassani's like, okay, I can't give you this ring. And she's like, oh, okay. So, so I saved you, like, you. you. I saved you. You forced me to name a price, and now you're not going to pay the price? He's like, well, my wife gave it to me. She's but like, you were going to sacrifice your wife. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, she'll give me the ring. She'll, like, what kind of woman's not going to understand the situation if you just give me the ring? So, fine. And he's like, no, I can't. She's like, fine. And so she leaves. And then Antonio's like, Bassanio, give her the ring. Well, it's him. Because Portia's in disguise. Yeah, give, yeah, give him the ring. And so they send the ring with a messenger. And it's both Graziano and Bassanio. They take off these rings that they swore to their wives they'd never lose, and they send them after the men. This play was already done, by the way. <laughs> it was finished. The important part, now we're getting to the comical part. Yeah. So then, Portia and Narissa get back to the house, dressed as women again, and then Bassanio and uh, Antonio and Graziano come up 
And they're like, oh, how did it go? We've been here the whole time. They, like, climbed in through a balcony window and had to, like, no, they say later. Stuff they say the later uh, at the end when they reveal that it was them who were at the courtroom. That like I haven't entered my house yet. Like we literally got here just before you did. <laughs> but they're hanging out in a bubble bath because they're completely clothed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the the three guys come back. They're like, "Oh, how did it go? Tell us everything." And they get all the the juice and the gossip from it. And then at one point, Narissa realizes that Graziano doesn't have his ring on. You couldn't like, see this audience, but she made the rabbit quote ears. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Um, and Ernest is like, what did you do with my ring? Where's my ring that I gave you? Uh, He's like, uh, well, I had to I had to give it as payment. You gave it as payment? And Portia's like, I can't believe that you would do that. My husband would never do such a thing. If I ask him to produce his hand right now, it's going to have the ring on it. I can't believe your husband. And then Bassanio's got a great aside to the audience where he's like, um, if I cut off my hand right now, I can maybe get out of this. Actually, this side just went, <laughs> And they tried to explain, no, it was for this judge, and he, it was the only thing that he wanted, and we tried to give him all the stuff, and they're like, oh, yeah, uh, I will bet you my entire fortune that a woman has your ring right now. Because they're so smart, and they are running rings around the guys the entire show. Who run the world? Women run the world. Exactly. And so eventually they produce the rings. Well, Portia gives the ring to Antonio and goes, give that to my husband and tell him you better not lose this one. But and tell me better like, not lose it again. He's like, oh, what? but that this is the bitch. ring that I had before. And she's like, yeah, it's almost like I was there the whole time and you didn't recognize me. Boom! Roasted. It was me. I'm smarter than you. You punk bitch. And then everybody laughs and they say, now we're going to go celebrate our marriage nuptials. And that's the end of the show. Yep, they go banging out. This and that's yeah, that's it. That's so what we got. the climax of this play would be so much better without the ring bullshit. Yes, but I, I can understand that this is one of his shorter plays. Yeah, um, and maybe I think the, for me, I like the bit with the ring at the end because I think it's funny and I think it shows how smart the women are. But I feel like it should go in a different play. Or at a different place. Or, yeah, it shouldn't be like, we just had this horrible thing happen to this Jew who now has to, like, convert to Christianity yeah. and isn't that awful? Somebody's, and then we spend the whole fifth act just laughing about, look how dumb these guys are. Somebody's life, like that courtroom scene, one way or another, one of those two men was going to walk out with their lives ruined. Yeah. And then we spend in the, the midst of act. that, Portia decides, mm, let's play a ring game. You, what? Why? You were up here in this cerebral realm where you were thinking quickly and fast that you had these wonderful moments. And yeah, it's now Wood's moment where she's just like, like oh, well, take your pound of flesh, but you can't have any blood. And now I'm going to make fun of my husband. Like, just, just why? Why? It's dumb. And on that note. And on that <laughs> note. I think it's time to pause for station identification. Okay. About two weeks, give or take. It's true. Um, are you going to put any commercials in here, old-timey style? No. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Signing off from Shakespeare, I believe, episode 21. I who, could be wrong. Who knows? I'm Ryan Hatfield. I'm Beth Royce. Cassie Greenlee. Chase Greenlee. 
Say goodnight, King John boy. Goodnight, King John boy. I forgot that. I didn't.